Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 124. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am so happy that you're here, and I am thrilled to have my friend Wes Yi with us today. Wes is a musician, artist, and speaker, and owns Wes Yi Music. Welcome, Wes. I'm so happy to finally get you on. Kim, thank you for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Can you share, please, with the audience a little bit about your backstory, because it's so fascinating. Yeah, Totally. So I guess I'm a somewhat recent college grad. I think I might be a little bit younger than some of the other guests. But uh, between graduating and now, I guess I've learned a lot entrepreneurially. Um, I graduated from Berklee College of Music, where I studied music production and audio engineering. And while I was there, I actually got my first credit recording a number one best-selling audio book. It was called 13 Hours in Benghazi, which later went on to become a feature film. And then that, that led to other things that led to me getting some credits that ended up on TV, like MTV, VH1, Oxygen, E and some other networks and different sports arenas and stuff like that. So if there's anything I've learned, it's that I guess one thing kind of leads to another, because then from there, I started doing jingles for the radio and doing things like that. And I've always wanted to be an artist and be the face of my own brand. But for whatever reason, Back in the day, I didn't do it, and recently I've been able to get rid of the fear of being judged on social media and kind of putting myself out there like that and being the face of a brand, and that's kind of the project that I'm putting the most focus on right now. I have two things to say about all that. First off, age is just a number. True. I mean, yes, I have gray hairs that probably give away more about my age than I would like it. I've never seen them. That's good. You will in the updated headshots that I'm hopefully getting done this fall. But I consider them badges of honor. I mean, I have earned every single one of them. There you go. Because so, if you don't have them, you're not working hard, right? Well, I don't know. Some people, <laughs> hey, listeners, you can yeah. chime in and argue that all you want. Oh, and by the way, you can find all the show notes at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp124. I had to think about that one. Age is just a number, and it doesn't determine where you're going to get to. Have you found or have you thought at all that maybe the issue with being seen online was maybe that you were trying to fit into something that wasn't really you and once you found your voice that you were more comfortable exposing yourself? That was I ask the- just because that's what I found. As soon as I found my voice, I was like, oh, here I am. Yeah, cool. That was definitely a big part of it. I mean... When you want to do something and you're not doing it for whatever reason, I think it's really normal and natural to talk yourself out of it and your brain will tell you all sorts of things. But uh, I also do the audio editing and music for the No Quit Living podcast and my partner Chris was on the show as well. Shout out to Chris. Yeah, I so I listen to all those episodes and I listen to what other guests have to say and I really relate to a lot of it because what I found is that a lot of successful people have kind of been there before and I think in order to... I don't think that anybody really is born 
and is able to just do something that's not natural to them. And I think it's really natural to feel fear and fight or flight kicks in. And it's and whether you have your voice or not, you'll always talk yourself out of doing something. And I think that even if you don't necessarily have your voice yet, you still can do whatever it is you want to do. And I think it may even speed up the process of you eventually finding your voice and then ultimately succeeding in whatever it is you're trying to succeed in. But that was definitely a part of it for me. I mean, I'm a musician and I found that for me, I've been I've played in so many bands before and none of them ever really worked out because there was either some sort of drama or somebody wasn't playing a part the way that I envisioned the song to sound. So part of my new brand and what I'm doing is uh, it's all it's all me pretty much. So I write every single word and I play every single instrument and I mix and master it and produce it that way. Uh, it's 100% authentic to what I want it to be and how I want the product to sound. And that's just me. A lot of people do really well in bands. And I'm not saying that I couldn't have potentially done well in a band either with other artists. But just for me to put out the product that I really wanted to hear and how I wanted it to come out to a point where I could actually go forward with releasing it that's just kind of what i had to do and every product still to this day there's at least probably three or four moments in it where i just cringe and can't even listen to it but i'm at a point now where i can kind of take it for what it is and at face value and understand that that's just my own being overly critical and i'll just put it out anyway well that brings up an interesting point because just in the last month Right in the last month, or is it in the last couple months, you put out your first video on your Facebook page? I did. Uh, I want to say maybe two weeks ago, roughly, somewhere around that ballpark. And I believe that when you shared with me that you had done it, you said something, and this is so much has happened in the last two weeks, but you said something about how you were waiting for it to be perfect, and then you finally just said, you know, it's go time. Just release yeah. it, even though you're not perfect with it. Totally. I've found that for myself, and I've also heard from so many other entrepreneurs, and you were on EO Fire with John Lee Dumas. I mean, he even has admitted he was waiting and waiting and waiting and just stalling. Do you, yeah. Do you, I mean, there's just so many entrepreneurs who wait until it's perfect and then nothing ever gets done. Mm -hmm. Listeners, you know, I've joked in the past that if I started singing, that would just be the end of your subscription and your listening because you don't want to do that. <laughs> but I've was amazed by well first you sang on on that video but just how many instruments do you play um first of all i'll have to feature you on a song you can sing on it and oh, no, you'd, no, be no, amazed, no. you'd be amazed what you can do with modern technology but i guess i'm not really sure i've been asked that question before and i always have to kind of count but i'd say that i'd be comfortable to do professionally maybe like Four, maybe so piano I've been playing since I was six uh, trumpet I've been playing since I was 10 yeah 10 and then I do vocals and then I play guitar and bass as well so I guess five wow no Wes I wouldn't be so comfortable saying that technology can do anything my daughter will ask me in the car and I don't even I, I'm amazed that she can even hear me in the car mom are you singing <laughs> like along to the radio and I'll say yes and she'll say please stop oh. <laughs> she's four <laughs> I think it'd be really funny and ironic if you gave her voice lessons or something like that like start her early now so that when she's a mom she can be singing in the car and have a totally opposite experience 
Oh, she's amazing. My daughters are amazing. Right now they have memorized Let It Go from Frozen. Oh, and we'll class. serenade us all the way home. Yeah. I've been a, I was a, I was a music teacher at one point in my life. And, uh, and I think it's so wild how the new generation of, I guess, Disney movies, um, I guess we're in a different generation too, but I remember growing up and just thinking like movies like Mulan and uh, like Toy Story and like Aladdin were just your classics. And because those were the classics for me when I was growing up, for some reason, I just assumed that it would be for every other generation as well. But that's totally not true because now you have different Disney classics like Frozen and uh, the one with the robot that I don't know that I haven't even seen, which is a totally different generation. Yeah. So I think that's kind of crazy, crazy phenomenon. Oh, it absolutely is. And to date myself, I mean, the the phenomenons when I was growing up were Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Those were great, too. Yeah. So probably a whole decade before. Listeners, every guest who I have come on, regardless of whether or not I know them, I have them fill out a input form. And I thought it was really interesting on yours, Wes, that you were talking about your to-do list and how you found that if you are in a negative space when you're writing your to-do list or when you're working on it, you'll find that nothing's done. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, it happens a little more frequently than I'd honestly like to admit. I start every day with a to-do list. And I try not to oversaturate it either with um, things just make me that make me feel like I'm doing something. I try to actually fill it with things that are small steps towards the big picture, right? There's definitely days where I wake up and I'm just so accustomed to doing the to-do list now. Like the same way you brush your teeth every morning, I just write a to-do list. Um, so that part of it is just kind of second nature. There's no issue with that. But some days I just find myself literally sitting at my desk and just staring at my to-do list for way too long. And when, whenever, whenever I end up in that state, I'm thinking about whatever negative thing is keeping me from doing it because I'm not at the point that I'm trying to be at yet. And then what I also, I guess, uh, have realized is that you'll never really be where you want to be either. Because if I asked myself from four years ago where I wanted to be, it would be where I am now. But then where I want to be now is higher than where I am. So uh, I digress a little bit. But what I found is that when I'm thinking positively, the to-do list, it gets done so much faster. Like there's no wasted time. There's no time just sitting and thinking. But when I'm in a negative mindset, it just kind of spirals because I'll be in this negative mindset and I'll be looking at my to-do list and not scratching anything off. And then from there, the next thought is, like, well, why haven't I scratched anything off? It's already like whatever o'clock and nothing's done yet. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, can I even do this? Is it worth even trying to do this? And then it just kind of spirals. So what I've learned to do is uh, when I end up in that state of mind and I'm thinking about this, I try to think about my thoughts consciously as opposed to just letting it take over. And I practice a lot of meditation and I do things like yoga and stuff like that to try to, uh, I guess, control my thoughts as often as possible. But obviously, you know, we're only humans, so it doesn't happen all the time. And I'll try to just scratch off the to-do list anyways, even if I'm in that state of mind. But it definitely gets done more efficiently when I'm feeling positive and I'm feeling upbeat and I'm in a healthy state of mind. So I just try to be in that as often as possible. Easier said than done, though. Oh, very much easier said than done. And there are been days in total transparency that I have had to go back to bed 
Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I was listening to some Abraham Hicks seminars and they'll say, you know, when you're just in that funk, go back to bed. And it, I have found that I really do have days. It doesn't happen very often, but once a quarter, maybe where I really do wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I just need to go take a nap and wake up and I feel totally refreshed. And I mean, I tell myself that I need to be in a better mood. Listeners, again, this is episode number 124. But if you go back and you listen to episode 120 with Linda Lairhopt, I you can listen to the proper pronunciation on that episode. She's the co-author of Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. And if you haven't listened to it yet, actually, you can't because as of the time of this recording, it's not out yet. One of the most interesting things that I found out of her book and also by talking to her was that she was really talking about how we need to stay in this present moment and stop worrying about the past, thinking about the past, dwelling on the past, and also about the future and just really enjoy where we are now, like take in the smells and the sights and just and everything. And the morning that I recorded with her, I mean, I was standing in the shower and realized I was thinking about everything else. And I wasn't just enjoying that present moment, you know, the the smell of the soap and the hot water and the fact that I could be right there enjoying it. So yeah, I I actually just wrote that, that down the name of the book, I got to check it out for sure. But uh, I agree with that 100%. They say that there's a quote, I think it says something like people who are depressed, live in the past and people who are anxious live in the future. So people who, who can't let go of something and are depressed because of that are dwelling on something that's already happened that's unchangeable. And people who are anxious about something that's to come in the future are living in the future. And it's totally true. I was definitely pretty anxious and nervous before I recorded on the JLD episode because it was my first interview that I've ever done and I wasn't sure if I was prepared to do it. So I was feeling anxious because it hadn't even happened yet. But I was thinking about the outcome and just everything that could go wrong and everything that could happen with it. And then also, I think anxiety and excitement are essentially the same motion, but one, sorry, not motion, emotion, but one has a positive connotation, one has a negative one. So if you're thinking about the future in a negative way, you're feeling anxiety, essentially, because you still get the same feeling like in your stomach and whatever. But if you're excited for something, it's happening in the future as well, but it's a positive mindset to it. So that's kind of the realization I came with that and the flip that I've had. So before I came on this show with you, I felt excited as opposed to anxious. But I think living in the present is definitely, definitely key. I was sort of chuckling to myself when I was talking about smells and sights and all of that, because I was looking around and thinking about all these kittens I have running around my office and all the kids who drop their stuff out here. But there's those things that we have to do that we really should look at as get to do. And the same can be said about what we have, including, you know, smells from the litter box. I know that's nasty, but, you know, I get to enjoy these things. I oh. get to enjoy that's the mess that comes around along with kids. Absolutely. Definitely. Because you have kids. Yes. You have a legacy. And that's an amazing thing. Wes, what are you working on right now? And, you know, you said where you are now isn't necessarily where you want to be in the future. So what does that vision look like to you? Yeah, honestly, uh, not even close, if we're being honest. So right now, I guess I'm just working on 
just making as big of an impact as I can as possible. I do jingles for the radio as well. And the appeal for me when I started doing that was that when I started, there was no uh, emotional connection or attachment to the piece. It was just I would get it done. And then when the client thought it was done, I knew the product was done. So there was no release date or there was no a few cringy moments that I had to fix before I release it, but then end up starting the next project and could just throw that one away and just say, I'll get it right on the next one. Um, because as soon as the client was happy with the work, it was done. So what I'm working on now is just making as big of an impact as possible. I'm doing it with my music. I'm doing it with my speaking. I'm doing it with my vlogs and my videos. I'm doing it with No Quit Living and just trying to do it with as many avenues as possible, both behind the scenes and then also as the forefront. So when I do my first speaking gig, which is coming up pretty soon, I'm going to be doing it that way and showcasing myself and telling my story on a stage in front of other people. And when I put out my music, I just put out a song today, actually. And there's probably going to be another one. Well, actually, no, not between now and when the episode airs, but soon after. And when I put out those videos and those songs, it can reach a whole different audience because it's the internet and uh, we're in this digital age where everything's so accessible and there's so much demand for a product that's so easily consumed. So anybody from across the world can literally listen to my song or watch my video as opposed to having to come to my speech. So just trying to reach as many people as possible and connect with as many people as possible in that way on a deeper level. Wes, what is your why and what is that impact that you're trying to make? My why actually kind of fits pretty closely with yours, but positivity is a pretty big aspect of it. So I guess my background is a little interesting. I grew up in a pretty wealthy town, but my parents were immigrants. So, you know, we, we did all right, but we weren't, I wasn't on the level of a lot of these other people. And it was so wild because when we were younger, I just remember not having the same things that these kids had. And it was crazy, like 16 years old, they already have their first cars and I'm 23 and I just bought my own first car. But they had these cars and everything and, and expensive whatever phones. I didn't even have a phone until, I don't remember, way later and I couldn't even text until I was in college. But I grew up with these people and I just remember being young and kind of envious, I guess, because they had that and I didn't. But now that we're a little bit older, I reconnect with some of them. And it's pretty crazy to just, I guess, hear the way they think as a result. And I totally don't want to call out anybody because I still have a few really close friends from that town, best friends, actually. But a lot of them, you know, went through a struggle that I never really had to. And that was just whatever depression or feeling they were dealing with because they grew up with all of this. So this is just kind of their their norm, their flatline, their plateau, so that when they kind of enter the real world and we're kind of becoming adults now in our early 20s, and you kind of realize the realities of life, I guess, and how much it costs to just like live and be a human being. And for me, I think because I didn't grow up with all those things, I don't take what I have for granted, whereas I think a lot of these people who I grew up with kind of did. And I don't want to accuse any of them of anything because at the same time, it's not their fault. But I guess I'd like to inspire the next generation to hopefully have less of them end up, you know, taking things for granted and kind of living a life that they're not happy with and ending up in a situation that they're not happy with either, which is inevitable. But the difference is some people get through it and some people overcome it. 
and some people don't. And I think to overcome something like that, something as big and as challenging as that, and not have some sort of vice, um, be it in a substance or a person or anything like that, is really powerful. And that's a really good tool to have in your arsenal. Oh, definitely. I grew up in a divorced house with very different economic situations on both sides of my parents. And it definitely taught me a lot about, you know, how to manage money. And, and I'm not saying that either side, I'm not pointing out either side here, but it was definitely interesting on both sides managed. And it's taught me a lot as far as even how I'm raising my children. And I, and I grew up in a relatively affluent neighborhood as well. But I got my first job at 11. I mean, I was delivering paper routes so I could buy snacks, you know, in the lunchroom. 11. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't ask permission. I sort of told my mom that I was getting a job. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But it's so fascinating because now that I have, I have a teenager. Wes, I have a high schooler this year. Wow. And, and it's so interesting to see how even his friends, you know, they all have cell phones and it's just a given. However, I expect him to do his chores if he wants his cell phone turned on. Mm, good. I like that. Yeah. How do you I, feel about that? His cell phone's not on right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can just text him and ask, like, hey, how do you feel about your cell phone being off? No, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he <laughs> if he's within Wi-Fi or he can get data somewhere, then he has access. But I told him, if you do not take the initiative to do your chores without being nagged for a week, you know, or I should reverse that. I told him when he takes the initiative and does his chores for a week, then I will turn his cell phone back on. Parents, that's the benefit of no contract cell phones. You're not tied into having it on all the time. True. However, that's really because when he gets older, he's not going to have a hard time doing chores or anything like that or needing to find some sort of incentive or anything. Right. It'll just be second nature. Right. I mean, you have to go to work. You have to be on time. You have to get your work done before the due date or else you're not going to get paid. I don't think as children, a lot of us understand that that's the... Well, maybe I did because I did have a job, but I think that a lot of people just grow up not understanding that. And that's what I'm trying to, to teach. But in the meantime, he knows how to cook. He knows how to clean and do laundry. So He's doing better than I was when I was in high school, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I never learned how to cook, and I still don't know how I'll burn mac and cheese <laughs> out of a box. <laughs> I've done it a couple times, too. No worries. Do you think that your shift change then from being income to impact? Because it sounds like growing up in that affluent neighborhood, you know, and being envious that you may have thought that income and money was big, but it sounds very much now like impact is the bigger picture for you. Totally. I think the first time I ever heard it phrased that way and actually put into words verbally was when I edited your episode on the No Quit Living podcast. And it's just something I guess well, hmm. I guess I've like kind of thought it, but I've never, you can feel something, but not really know how to verbalize it or know that that's what you believe, I guess, if that makes sense. And I guess it manifests in different ways. Like I was doing jingles for a check, essentially, because that's what I thought I wanted. But if that's really what I did want, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? So I think it was always kind of there just also because of the way I was raised. But yeah, I think that I thought that I wanted something different, which was, I guess, just fast cash because of what I saw growing up. 
but inherently I don't think I was that type of person. And the first time I heard you put it into words was just kind of like, like to me. So I think I, I think I knew it, but I didn't know it. If that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And I have to give credit where credit's due. I learned it from Brenda Burchard and mm-hmm. also from Danielle Laporte. And I'll put those resources in the, the show notes as well. But reading The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte and then listening to Brenda Burchard's podcast and also reading his books, that came at a pivotal point in my life where I was anxiety ridden and always worried about the future. But it was because I was chasing income rather than making an impact. So Yeah, and I think once you make that shift as well, and it's genuine, ironically, the income kind of just comes in. It takes time, obviously. I mean, the way anybody makes money is by helping other people. Like every product that gets sold is designed to help someone, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's the chamomile tea that I just purchased so that my voice wouldn't sound hoarse for this interview, or the computer that we're using to just have this conversation. Somebody at some point down the road in the invention of that product built something that would benefit the life of somebody else that they don't even know. And that's why they're successful for having created it. Oh, I couldn't have said it better. So thank you for saying it like that. (laughs) Yeah. And you're so right. Making that shift from income to impact. I was so scared. I mean, I really was in scarcity mindset. I was scared because I was starting to say no to opportunities because it really wasn't in my, it just wasn't in my passion place. But I'm amazed, Wes, and I hope listeners that you take this to heart and start saying no and start chasing impact. Chasing impact? How would you put that? I guess that that works. Chasing, chasing, creating an impact. Creating. Yeah. Thank you. Instead of chasing income. We have never been in a better financial situation in our house, and I don't say that to brag, but I've also never been in this mindset or in this physical health that I am just because, number one, I'm not saying yes to everything, so I'm not staying up all night. I mean, even, this is going to sound so silly, but even my hairstylist noticed that my hair was fuller, and it's just because I'm taking the time to take care of myself, finally. I mean, you can make an impact just by taking care of yourself for a change. I think that's where it has to start, actually. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, you can, but I just think that it's easier to help other people once you kind of become comfortable with yourself and help yourself as much as you possibly can. So how do you take care of yourself and what does a day in the life of Wes look like if there's any normal? Well, every day is different. I don't have a job. I just freelance and and I have my businesses. But I guess things that I do every day, I have just like a little excerpt written in my notebook that I carry around everywhere. Um, and it's like a positive paragraph, I guess. And I read it out loud to myself every day, twice. Probably sound like a crazy person saying that, but uh, that's what I do. I try to eat healthy. So I try to start my day with uh, with just putting good food in my body. I'll make a smoothie with with fruits and I'll put kale and spinach and and stuff like that in it which is also kind of a new thing that I'm trying but I have noticed a pretty substantial difference in my energy level and my mood so that's definitely part of it and then I do the to-do list so there's that and then I just try to scratch off the to-do list so from there it starts with setting this goal of these uh, seven eight things that I want to do in the day 
and then from there it's just getting all of them uh, completed so that way I don't because I can't scratch it off until it's done so I can't just start and then say like oh I'll finish it later after I like do this or whatever because I won't allow myself to scratch it off until it's done and then I get a feeling of accomplishment once I finish the entire to-do list as well and then I try to meditate every night as well just before I go to sleep um, it doesn't always happen but it does I'd say probably like four times out of the week four to five times a week I do and that helps and I just get to reflect on different things and I also I believe in living a balanced lifestyle so I don't think it's really natural or healthy to just be working all the time um, like don't get me wrong I work pretty much every day but uh, at the same time I really enjoy what I do as well so it doesn't always feel like quote-unquote work per se because I've definitely had jobs where I was like okay I'm going to work now you know what I mean and that's not really what I want and that's not ever what I really wanted so it's even weird to even call it working sometimes because if I'm literally just sitting here and working on making a song or I'm mixing a song then that doesn't really feel like work not to say that everything I do doesn't feel like work because that's just not true I'd say when you're doing something like we're doing the actual act of doing what we're doing is only about 25% of it. The rest goes into marketing and doing emails and reaching out to people. But uh, it's worth going through that 75% for that 25% that you get to do. And then the more you do it too, it's a little intimidating at first, but I, I enjoy connecting with people and I enjoy doing these interviews and I, and I like talking to people and, and stuff like that. So it doesn't really feel like too much of a chore. I kind of digressed a little bit again, but that's pretty much my day in the life. Oh yeah, balanced lifestyle. So after I do the to-do list, there's still time in the day. So I try to just do other things that I enjoy that aren't career related or work related. Well, I think that when we make that shift from income to impact as well, then a lot of the quote work aspect, like the grit and grind also removes itself because it's a lot easier to even do your marketing when you're not doing it from the, oh, I need to make money off of it standpoint. And when you're actually more focused on making the impact instead, it's so much easier to be transparent and authentic in all of your marketing and in your messaging, emails, what have you, when you're doing it from the right point. I think you just summed up everything I was trying to say in like two seconds. Well, I got inspired from you. Much more efficient. So speaking of work, listeners, in the very near future... The Positive Productivity Podcast will be having a new intro and outro thanks to Wes. So you will notice that as soon as it happens. So, and I, and I hope that doesn't feel like, quote, work. <laughs> no, but... definitely. I'm excited for it, actually. I've been listening to, can I, can I say that uh, you wanted me to reference Pharrell's Happy? Well, that, that was a piece of inspiration. Yeah. Have you been listening to the 24-hour track? Uh, definitely not 24 <laughs> hours, but, uh, but I have been listening to that song and I've been jamming along with it on my guitar a little bit. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. I'll make something awesome. If she's listening, Jennifer, I love you to bits. My great friend, Jennifer is the voice of my intro right now, but I realized that the <laughs> tune that I had created was just not as uplifting as I really wanted to, to have. And, and Wes created the, the intro and outro, right? For no quit living. I did. Which and is just, transition. yeah, which is just, they're phenomenal. So I knew where I needed to go and keep it in the friend family too. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Wes, where can listeners find you? And then 
as the as the last thing that I always want to ask guests, what would be your piece of parting advice or inspiration for listeners? So you can find me at facebook.com slash W-E-S-Y-E-E music. And I make all sorts of different videos. I post all my songs there. They're all available for free. It's on Spotify as well if you just search my name and iTunes too. Basically any of the major streaming platforms. But uh, if you want to follow me and just kind of know what I'm doing and you liked what I had to say here and you want to hear more, I talk about different philosophies there as well. I'm going to be posting videos of my speeches too. Um, and I go through uh, like tutorial videos as well if you're interested in making a song. And even if you're not trying to be a musician but you want to start a podcast and you want to have a song for it, I really just bring it back to the basics and show you how to do it. So you can follow me there on Facebook. And then also check out the No Quit Living podcast. I do the audio editing and the music for it, like him said. And obviously you listen to podcasts, but if you want to check out another one, it'd be really cool if you check that one out too. And parting piece of advice, I think live a balanced lifestyle is a good one. I think too much of anything is a bad thing, even a good thing. So there's a quote, it goes, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And um, it, it feels really good to do things like travel, and, and just drive your car for no reason. But if you do too much of that, then it starts to, you kind of oversaturate yourself with too much of that. And that's where it becomes a bad thing. And then same thing with being overly productive and doing too much work. If you are doing too much of that, then you're not focusing on other aspects of life because work is only one aspect of it. You still have this timeline that you're alive for and you want to be able to know that you spent some of it doing you know, relaxing and more, I don't want to say like enjoyable because work can be enjoyable. It should be enjoyable. But uh, I think, I think it should just be balanced. I think also it's hard to be as productive as possible if you're just doing as much as you possibly can. So if you spend one day and you set a goal that you want to do, be it big or small, if you accomplish that goal that day and spend the rest of your day doing things that, that you enjoy, then you'll have a better chance of having more days to do more productive things. And it'll be like actually productive as opposed to just kind of doing like lackluster just to get it done and feel like you got more done out of it. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.